0: and I hope that it blessed your soul in many, many ways. Man, we are so grateful for all the opportunities that we've had to connect with other churches and people around the world to provide a, a wholesome worship experience. And I think it's amazing how the church is having to be creative and having to be, uh, take steps of faith and be unique and to reach people. And I pray, my hope and prayer is that we never go back to the way it used to be, amen, but we will always continue to be innovative and to reach out and to, uh, to, to reach people no matter where they are. You know what I love most about this is that churches really can't discriminate when they're putting stuff out online. You can't tell people uh, who can come to your church and who can't come to your church. And if somebody wants to show up to your online service, it don't matter what they got on, amen, how they dressed. You can't bring them a, a blanket to sit on their lap on the front row. You can't do any of that. They just there, amen. It, you, you know, just the reality is somebody could be watching your service right now completely naked, and you can't do nothing about it, amen. I know we <laughs> We have all kinds of blankets and stuff up in, in the church, and just be, please cover up. You can't sit on the front row. But God is so good that He takes away all of the stuff that we think is important when it comes to the gospel for us to get this thing out. And I'm so grateful that even around Easter this year, because you know, in church, Easter is one of the most important days for the church we call it like the Super Bowl Sunday of the year because we know that people that there's this thing called Christ, Christers. they call the Christians that go to church on Christmas or know the people that go to church only on Christmas and Easter we call them priesters and uh, it's so great that that God will take away uh, any of this stuff that we find so important and just say you know what even on the most important day of the year for the church that we think that if people don't show up or that God's really going to move on Easter and all these lives are going to be changed, God will take and make us innovate that day. And that's how God works. And I am so grateful for a God who does not get into our comfortable places And allow us to stay there. But he will actually push us outside of our place of comfort and say, I'm going to call you to a whole new level uh, to something that you uh, have to do. And uh, it's just so great. So we're going to dive into it today. I want to preach a message that I've titled Grace Uprising. Somebody say Grace Uprising. Touch your your neighbor, your dog, drink your drink, whoever it is that's nearby you. Say these words with me. Say Grace Uprising uprising come on now uh, and, and we're gonna we're gonna dive into this I want to start reading in John chapter 21 we're going to read verses 15 through 19 this is where we're going to find the basis of our uh, our message topic here today and then we're gonna we're gonna get this thing going and it reads this it says so when Jesus had eaten breakfast Jesus said to Simon uh, no it says so when they had eaten breakfast Jesus said to Simon Peter Simon son of Jonah Do you love me more than these? And he was talking uh, about the fish that they were eating because they were, Jesus had just found Peter uh, after rising from the dead. He had went back to a place of comfort where he was back doing what he knows because, you know, guilt will always drive you to a place of familiarity when you feel like. When I feel guilty about something, you'll fall back into a place of comfort and you'll go back literally to, uh, a lot of times for a lot of us, go to what we feel comfortable doing because uh, in a place of comfort, there's nothing really stretching you and shame will drive you to a place where you don't have to feel like uh, you need to do anything. Amen. Hallelujah. Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, then he said, Jesus said to Simon, he said, feed my lambs. Verse 16 goes on to read, it says, and he said to him uh, again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Now, he, didn't, he left out more than these on this word. Do I check this out. He said, do you love me? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. So he said to him, then, then tend my sheep. Come on now. And then he said to him a third time, Son, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him a third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Then feed my sheep. Turn to your neighbor and say, Grace, up and let's pray. Lord, thank you. For What this day represents Thank you for the price that was paid The crucifixion The, the beating The marring the, the, just All the stuff that went into This moment, this day And I pray that you would speak to our hearts today Through this word God, let there be a revival In our hearts today We love you so much And I thank you God Even if people are watching who have never attended church before I pray that you would speak to them In a way they will hear your word clearly. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Peter's a significant uh, character in the Bible because uh, Peter, in many ways, his story is a very interesting story. When we first encounter Peter, uh, Peter's probably one of the most jarring characters in the Bible. You know, he's looking at Jesus like, get up off my boat, who you think you is. Um, we know Peter to be the cusser. We know Peter to be... One of them folks that you know you probably don't want to invite to your house for dinner amen because you know peter peter might cut somebody out and if somebody say the wrong thing peter's one of them guys that he might pull a little pocket knife out just cut your ear off leave it on your table and then uh and then pray for you later amen hallelujah so <laughs> peter is is really uh just just one of these jarring characters but You know what I love about Peter is Peter's story is very similar to most of ours, if not all of ours. I look at Peter and I see myself a lot, quite uh, a lot in his story because I know that uh, I can be pretty jarring in life. Amen. Ask uh, ask my wife. Amen. She will tell you very clearly that uh, Fred uh, needs a little prayer every now and then because the Lord knows. I don't even know if he's saved. I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Um, but but Peter's story is very similar to a lot of ours because we don't always get it right. We all we mess up. We we think we know it all. We we have terrible communication a lot of times. We we are. Um, always trying to be right, we want to fight somebody, we want to cut somebody's ear off, we want to set the record straight, we want to defend ourselves, We all sorts of things that so many ways and things that we can find in the story in the life of Peter. But what's very interesting about Peter is that Peter was also very close to Jesus Christ. Uh, Peter was also one of those disciples that the Lord loved a lot. <laughs> He was also one of those disciples that we see that Jesus spent a lot of time and and showed a lot of care for, um, and I think it's a lot of the, a lot of the reason for that is because a lot of what Peter represents is imperfection, but saved. Come on, somebody. He represents being close to Jesus and not having everything right. He represents being a, a, a person who's called by the Lord, who's Who's, uh, who's who's been anointed by Jesus, who's been uh, appointed by Jesus, who's been given a mission by Jesus, but still has failure from time to time. This is what I find when I see the story of Jesus, of um, uh, Peter, that I can still, I can be uh, like Jesus, I can be near Jesus, but I can still have an issue. And Jesus still loves me. Come on, somebody. I'm so grateful for a Savior that doesn't require me to be perfect to be near him. He just requires me to be willing to to honor the perfection that's found in him that he can place on my life. Amen. And so I love Peter because Peter is a great representation of a person who's saved but who can fail. And I think a lot of times in Scripture, and a lot of times in the Christian faith, especially now, we love to live our life trying to be perfect, but not trying to be filled and wrapped and bathed in the grace that's only found in Jesus Christ. You see, the the resurrection story is is an important one to note because uh, Jesus, he he took he takes us beating that that none of us would ever have taken. Like just I, listen, I don't know about you, but. I know somebody walk up to me right now with a belt that they, that's that got one tail on it. I'm about to have a fit. Amen. If you come up to me with a belt that's got glass and nine tails and all this stuff, you tell me you about to hit me, and I know you about to hit me, it's going to rip some skin. We finna fight, bruh, up in this peace. Come on, somebody. Y'all better act like, don't, don't act like you all perfect. Like you would've been like, oh, Jesus, I would've died for you. No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't die for nobody. But Jesus, knowing what was gonna happen, knowing that his skin would be ripped off, knowing that people would spit on him, they would call him all kinds of names, knowing that he would lay, hang on the cross, they would nail him to a piece of wood, knowing full well what was ahead of him, he still took on the cross. And I think it's significant to understand that only a person who has love unconditional for people would do such a thing. And I and you know, scholars will argue all kinds of stuff that, that the resurrection happened or didn't really happen. What we know is that something happened that caused believers to, to that, that went from mourning to, to, to get on this, this 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 uproar where they say, you know what? No, we have a risen savior. He's not dead he's alive and I am so grateful that Jesus didn't let it stay there you see you heard uh, Casey ref- reference earlier that what sets us apart in the Christian faith from all other religions is that our savior got up see there are a lot of gods in the world but none of them got up none of them have the claim to be risen and what I love about Jesus is that Jesus said I, if, if I just die Nothing can happen. But I have to, he had to die, but he couldn't just stop there. If he hadn't raised, there would be no point of all the, even scripture tells us this, that our preaching would be in vain. If we didn't give people the hope to know that Jesus has risen from the cross, our preaching would be in vain. And I'm so, so grateful for a savior who didn't stay down, but he got up. And I think it's important to note that when Jesus rose, the Bible says over and over that we're saved by faith through grace. And that when Jesus rose up, grace rose up. I'm so grateful that when Jesus rose up, he didn't rise up with, uh, you, with rules or regulations. He rose up with relationship and grace. I'm so glad that when Jesus got up, that, that, that he didn't come up and say, you have to be perfect. He just came up and said, here's some grace from the perfect one. I'm so glad that when Jesus got up out the grave, come on, somebody, that when he stood up, that that he stood up for me and he loved me unconditionally. He didn't stand up and say, Fred, you got to have it all together right now in this moment. No, he stood up and says, I'm coming to you with grace and mercy like never before and I think it's always important to to note what happens in a story after something significant happens, like a risen Savior. The Bible begins to show us over and over how Jesus started going to find people, how he started appearing to people. He appeared to he appeared to Mary uh, Magdalene, and then he appeared to the disciples, and then I mean the the two men on the road to Emmaus or, or whatever they wrote. I don't know what. The I probably messed up the name of the road, but he appeared to them. Then he appeared to um, uh, some other disciples. But then there was a, a, a thing where it said that Jesus was, uh, that Peter, after had denied Christ three times, he had, he had seemingly, uh, seemingly he failed, right? He was ashamed of his failure because if you go back to before Jesus died, Jesus, uh, Peter says, you know, he's telling Jesus, you ain't gonna die. And, and he looks at Peter and says, you're gonna deny me three times before the, the, uh, you're gonna deny me three times. And Peter's looking like, nah, man, it ain't gonna happen, bro. It ain't going Hey, you know what? I, y'all might, y'all might glow in the dark and, and you might be perfect, but I'm not. But I'd probably be like Peter, be like, nah, it ain't going to happen, man. You don't know how much I love you. You know how lo- in love I am with you. Do you realize how much I jumped at that conference last week? Do you know how many times I go to church? Do you know all the stuff that I do for you, Lord? All the things that I, I, I how much I read my Bible, how much I pray. Do you understand? I will never deny you. And Jesus looks at him and says, no, you're going to deny me three times, bro. Three times. And then we find a little later in scripture where it actually happens what jesus said comes to pass and peter ridden overridden with shame and guilt the bible comes back to him we find that he and a couple of other disciples have gone back to what they know to do with shame they run back to what's familiar what's comfortable what what feels normal now, and I think it's important to know that when you are feeling shame and when you're feeling guilty, it's, it's, it's not abnormal to run to what you think brings you peace, what you think brings you provision, what you think has been a, a steady force in your life. And Peter runs back to his fishing business because that's where he found significance before Anything else. Peter runs back to his his, his 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 business where he found wealth and where he found notoriety and where he found significance. And, and and listen, listen to me. Hear me clearly. Shame will always cause you to run to where you think peace is. But I love that Jesus doesn't let him stay there. That Jesus shows up on the edge of the shore and he he calls out, he says, because When we first encounter Peter in the Bible, Jesus shows up, and he's standing on the edge of the shore, and he says, man, cast your nets on the other side, and then this thing happens, and they have too much fish, and they have to share with their friends, and then Jesus, and then Peter follows him, right? He calls him a disciple. But then we get to this point, the same thing happens. He's standing on the edge of the shore, and he says, hey, y'all ain't caught nothing, because they had been out there all night, and they they fished, and they caught nothing. It's, I want you to hear something. Running back to a place of familiarity and what you find your significance in because you are living with shame and guilt will never provide for you how Jesus can provide for you. It'll never give you the, 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 the peace and the joy that you actually can find in Jesus. And, and sometimes you will spin your wheels trying to do things over and over. But I'm coming to, to announce to you and I declare to you right now that you will never find what you actually need until you heed to the voice of of Jesus Christ, and Jesus looks at Peter and he says, "Hey, hey, y'all been out there all night fishing. Have you caught anything?" And they, they, they say no. And he says, "Hey, just cast your net on the other side." Listen, same words, and they do it. And it's in that moment that Peter recognizes that it is the Lord, as the scripture text says. He says that that right then and there, Peter recognized that it was Jesus, and he said, "It is you, Lord." And then he jumps off the boat and he runs. Man, this is not the first time we've seen this kind of action with Peter. We've seen Peter on the water before, but this time, Peter had no care. He just runs with Jesus. He's not concerned about what's it, and, and he gets there, and Jesus is cooking some fish on the shore. They start having this conversation. This is where we're going to land, and he says, Peter... Do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than these? These Jesus is referring to again what Peter had found significance in. Do you love me? more than what you think gives you peace? Do you love me more than what think you think brings you significance? Do you love me more than what you think will bring you the most wealth? Do you love me more than these? I wanna ask you something as you're watching. Do you love Jesus more than your issue? Do you love Jesus more or can you love Jesus more than what you find significance in? Do you, can you love Jesus more than your place of comfort? Can you love Jesus more than what you believe to be what you need to provide, to provide significance in? And, and Peter responds and says, yes, Lord, you know I love you. And he says, feed my lambs. Feed my lambs, feed my lambs. My young ones, feed my lambs. And then then, then he goes on and says, for a second time, second time, Jesus, you would think Peter would have caught what was going on the first time. He says, no, no, the second time was Jesus' son, son of Peter, do, do you love me? And I think Jesus moves from saying, do you love me enough? Uh, do you love me more than what you're currently trusting in? And now the question is, do you love me? Not so much like, do you love me? Because I, I believe Jesus knew Peter loved him. But now this is more of a question of trust. Do you trust me? Do you love me? You ever, you ever, you know, been in that conversation with your wife or your significant other or a friend, whoever, family member? And and you, you looked at him and said, do you, do you love me? Do you love me? Like, and it's not a question of, because you know, you know that of you, but it's more of a question of, do you trust me? Do you trust me enough? To, or do you love me enough to trust to know that what's happening right now is all part of the plan? And he goes on to say, uh, uh second time, he says, do you love me? And Peter says, yes, Lord, you know that I love you, And I, you know, Peter, like all of us, we're getting annoyed. Why do you keep asking me the same question? I'm like, you know I love you? And he says, 10, 10, my sheep. Listen, he says, feed, 10. Feed, 10. I think that's a significant uh, thing here where he's, he's, there's a difference between the two. I think for a lot of us, we've been in churches that have been feeding us but not tending to us. Come on, somebody. If you're going to have a call of the Lord in your life, and I'm I'm not talking to people who really don't know Christ. I'm talking to my leaders that might be watching this. But there's a difference between feeding and tending. If you're a leader, I just want you to hear this, that there's a difference between feeding sheep and tending sheep. There's a difference between Giving someone a handout and caring for them. Amen. And Peter, he says, Peter, listen, I, I need you to, I need a your commitment level. It's gotta increase. If you love me, come on. You gotta be a little bit more committed. And he goes on, he says, uh a third time. So, Peter, son do you do you love me? He said this a, a third time, and Peter, the Bible goes on, is he got he got grieved. He was a little upset. Like, why do you keep asking me the same question? And I'm, I want to back up real quick to verse eighteen, just so you can understand what happened there. He says, "Feed my sheep." And then he says, "Most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you were girded, you girded yourself, and walked where you wished." But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. And then he goes on to say, this he spoke, signifying by what death he would glorify, by death he would glorify God. When he had spoken, he said to him, follow me. And he basically told Peter, he says, listen, I'm about to take you on a journey that's going to be uncomfortable to you. But will you follow him? Listen to this. I think it's significant that Jesus asked this question three times because the Bible says that he denied Christ three times. Three times he denied Christ. And I think there's grace that you can find through this because one of the most significant things that happens when Jesus shows back up is literally he finds Peter, who he could have let go, could have let him be about his business he could say, I'm done done with you. You deny me. I'm, I just can't do it no more. I'm tired of you. You're cutting ears off. You're cussing folk out. You're doing all this stuff. I'm just done. But Jesus doesn't do that. He finds Peter and he says, I'm not done with you, bro. I'm not done. I'm not through. Your issues doesn't signify an end of what I want to do in your life. It's only the beginning. See, I can use your mess ups, I can use your faults. I can use all that. But are you willing to get uncomfortable? Because what you gotta realize is following me is gonna stretch you. It's gonna pull on you in ways that you never thought you could pull off. And I just love the fact that, that we find a significant amount of grace in this passage. A significant amount of love, a significant amount of unconditional love. And over and over we see over and over that Christ loves us like this. And he finds Peter, and he says, Peter, you, you just I'm not done. I'm not through. And I'm so I'm 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 excited because this is what I want you to hear. I want you to understand something that when Christ Rose, grace rose, that your issues no longer determine your outcome, that your end is not determined by your beginning. None of that happens when Christ steps on the scene, when Christ comes on the scene, grace comes on the scene. And I want you to know that grace is significant to changing the outcome of your story. And this is not the end. Your story is not over. It's not finished. God has not finished writing the story of your life yet. And I I want you to hear these words. This grace is uprising in your life. There's an uprising and I declare and I decree that even as you're watching this right now that your heart will be overwhelmed with grace and that you feel the love of the father near and that you understand the unconditional unparalleled unsurmountable amount of love that Christ has for you that he would die for you. He would take a beating for you. He would do all these things for you that even in the midst of your issues in the midst of your downfalls in the midst of your mess ups your hang ups whatever it may be that you're ashamed about don't you let let that shame direct you anymore. Christ has grace for you, and that grace is uprising in your life. So today, whatever you're watching this morning, afternoon, evening, I think the most important question you have to ask yourself. It's not what are my issues, not if I'm perfect, not am I gonna mess up tomorrow. But I think the most important question is: do you love Jesus? Because let me tell you this, Jesus loves you, the Bible says he loves you unconditionally. Like there's insurmountable evidence to show and to prove that his love for you goes far beyond what you could ever imagine or think. And that's the kind of savior that we have. <coughs> for him to die on the cross for you, to to take a beating like never before, to to go uh, and do... <coughs> to, to go and endure the cross, even knowing exactly what was going to happen, that he endured it to the very end. That knowing that he was all powerful and he could have stopped the whole thing at any point. He could have called out and fight for heaven and cleaned us all out. He didn't have to take any of this into account. He could have just went on about his business, never saved us. But his love was Unconditional. His grace and His mercy goes far beyond reaching, and, and, and there's nothing that we can do. see, and I want to I just d- d- decree and declare in the, that in your life, even today, even in these next few moments, that there's going to be grace uprising, that there's going to be grace like never before. And you're going to experience the love of a father who, who cares for you deeply. And I want you to hear something. I, even as you're sitting on your couch or wherever you may be and you're listening to this, there is a love for you. It goes far beyond understanding. There's a peace and a joy that can be found in Christ like never before. And I'm not asking you if you're perfect. I'm not asking if you don't have any issues. I'm not asking you. I'm not inviting you to a life where you got to try and be perfect and have no issues. I'm inviting you to a life where you can be loved by unconditional father, uh, unconditional savior, and that you can uh, in turn love that savior because of his grace and his mercy. And that's what I want to invite you to be a part of today. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the people watching, listening, however it may be. I pray, God, right now that you would be uh, close and near to them. And I pray that your heart would touch them. And I pray, God, that you would reach your hand out and you would touch their hearts like never before. And let them experience the grace and the love and can only wash over your people like never before. And I thank you for being an amazing God, a God who shows us over and over, time after time, unconditional love. Thank you for what you're doing in the life of your people. We honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, as we close out, I want to I invite you, if you don't know the Lord as your Savior, I want to invite you to a relationship with him. The Bible is very clear that Christ did not come to invite us to rules and regulations, but he invited us to a relationship. He gave us grace like never before. So if that's you, I want you to pray these words with me. And then if you would, let us know in the comments below or go over to prevail.tv and fill out the connection card so we know that you prayed the prayer of salvation. something that we want to give to you just to let you know uh, that we love you and to just show that we're excited about this new journey let's pray this prayer lord thank you for your grace and your mercy thank you for the work of the cross thank you for the price paid i renounce all sins i renounce any other gods and i accept you as my lord and savior today I declare that I am saved in Jesus' name, amen. We're thankful for you and we're grateful that you prayed that prayer. Listen, just let us know and we want to get something to you. As we close out today, I want you to know, no matter what you're facing, what you're going through, that God is a way maker. The Bible over and over clearly paints Jesus as a way maker. It tells us that he makes a way out of no way, that when we feel trapped, isolated, like many of us do, that we can always lean and depend on a Savior that will make a way for us out of no way. And I thank you uh, for watching. And we just wanted to bless you um, with this last song so you know that Jesus is a way maker. Thank you for tuning in. We are so grateful. Uh, the Crossy, go ahead and take it away. God bless you. Prevail Church for this podcast. We hope this experience builds your faith and impacts your life. For more information about Prevail Church, visit us online at prevail.tv.